if I let my, if I listen to my body, you know, I'll just have chocolate ganache and tacos and guacamole and all the, you know, whatever it is. I'm just making up random things or pizza, these all you know, whatever, great. whatever your bad food is. What'd you say? So these she all sound great. great. <laughs> yeah, it all sounds great. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the podcast. Today, me and Liz are talking to Lisa Hayam, who if you guys have not been following her on social media or on her website, she is an incredible registered dietitian. She has a master's degree in nutrition and exercise psychology. And she really serves her community by her one-on-one work with clients and also by sharing her own story and writing with her audience online via Instagram and also her blog. So her goal with everything is going deeper and being really honest and transparent about food, food freedom, anxiety, mental health, all of these wonderful things that we touch on in this episode. Yeah. And she got the bare necessities stuck in my head because she's of the well necessities, which I just think is the cutest name ever. Right before we recorded this intro, Liz was like, and then I, of course, started singing it too. I was like, look for jamming. And then I was like, why are you singing that? And she's like, because the well necessities, like the bare necessities. So, you know what I'm thinking? We might need to make that the theme of this this episode. It is necessary to be well. It is. I think it's a very good theme for our episode. Very good theme and also perfect for the brand, The Well Necessities. Yeah. Before we get started with this wonderful interview, which like you said, you know, we touch on food freedom, we touch on social media presence and living an authentic life, both online and offline. Wanted to remind everyone that we're also on Instagram. We, we hang are. out there. Mm-hmm. And you can catch us at Finding Your Shine podcast and watch our stories and all the other fun things that we put out there. Or Nina puts out there, but I will put more out. That's my mission in the future. You have already started coaching. So you are putting all the content out there and I'm loving it. Thanks, Boo. You're welcome. Before though, we really hop into this episode, we did want to remind you all of our Empowered Voice Conference, which is this September 21st, 2019 in Columbus. We have early bird tickets up for sale. They actually went up for sale on February 1st. And there are only 50 of those discounted tickets available and people are already starting to purchase tickets. So if you are interested or you're like, what in the world are they even talking about? Head on over to our website, which is empoweredvoicepodcast.com and you will learn all about this incredible conference we are throwing where we are bringing in the top wellness podcasters from almost 30 over in LA to Katie Dalebout over in New York. We have a host of incredible people coming for you to talk to you all about podcasting, getting a brand, 
how to put up your show, how to create heart-centered content. We even have somebody there, our wonderful friend, Sam Vanderweelen, teaching you how to build a legally legit business. We have people there talking to you about branding. And then of course, we also have our dear friend, Simi Bodich, who you all know and love from the podcast. She's been on a couple of times emceeing the entire event. So not only will you be getting really detailed content about starting a podcast, launching a podcast, and everything in between, but you'll also be going home with a swag bag full of goodies from some of our healthiest sponsors, as well as lunch and networking to follow the conference. Awesome. Well, enough about us. Let's get into this awesome episode and lovely conversation with Lisa Hayam. Hey guys. So today we are coming at you with Lisa from The Well Necessities. And we've been trying to get this girl on for a little while. Um, after we heard her talk at The Good Fest this past... When was The Good Fest? Was I always forget. August? August. Yeah. yeah. And you were just so mm-hmm. honest and so true to you know expressing whatever it is without any filter. I feel like you share your message and you put it out there. And that's why people resonate with you so much. So I wanted mm-hmm. to bring you to our listeners. And so we could just talk about all of the wonderful things that you are up to. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I loved meeting you guys afterwards. That was a very special day. One I will definitely remember forever. Um, and anybody who was also in that audience will also forever be in my heart. So I still get like emails from people mm. reaching out for the first time, you know, saying, Oh, I heard you at the Good Fest. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, you don't know who you're talking to, which is cool um, until afterwards. And then you still don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was such a special day. So people that know me from that, I like to definitely, you know, get to know as on the other, get to know you as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sam, I, sorry, Liz, I saw you're like about to interject, but our friend Sam has been following you forever. And she's, when you came out on stage, she was like, Oh my gosh, I love Lisa. I can't wait to hear her talk. And I think I was following you on Instagram, but at that time, you know, like you don't put two and two together. These, exactly. And so it was after the talk, I was like, girl, I love her as well. And, and Sam was like, you have to, um, I'll introduce you guys. You have to get her on the podcast. So that was kind of a fun little connection that we had. And I know you were just on her show as well. Yeah, that was so cool. I love her. You guys are good people. Good people find good people. (laughs) Well, I'm curious. So one thing I remember about the speech that you gave at the Good Fest, a sense of vulnerability and really being open with every struggle that you faced. I guess I'm curious, like, why is that important to you? Like to share that, that side of yourself with people, what in your life has led you to want to involve other people in that story? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so when the good fest reached out to ask me to speak, I was very flattered and they told me who they already had speaking and one of them was a colleague and good friend who I admire a lot, Alexis Joseph of Homo Sapien. She's from Columbus, and, where we're from. Yeah. Yes. And she's she's wonderful, you know, definitely mm-hmm. um, a great one. And she's also a dietitian. I'm a dietitian. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a similar message when it comes to food freedom. And they said that she was speaking about food freedom. And while that's like, you know, my my expertise and my passion combined. Um, you know, I didn't think I knew that she would do a good job handling that aspect. So it was kind of like, what else could I talk about? And, um, you know, I just kind of, 
I know I was on a plane when it came to me and I was just thinking mm-hmm. like, what could people use to hear that somebody else isn't saying? And when I just reflect back on like my whole life in general, especially the past, I'd say 10, 15 years, uh, there have just been so many, you know, when, when you say, when I think back to my last 10 years, of course, a lot of good things happened, but specifically, I remember the hard stuff, you know, the Mm -hmm. moments where I thought I wasn't going to make it in some way or another. And I like sharing those moments because when I truly look back, I realize all those setbacks and like, you know, when I say setbacks, I mean things that happened that affected what happened next. Mm -hmm. So wrenches in the plan, so to speak, but everything that happens, whether it be these giant wrenches in the plan or just the fact that, you know, you and I, the three of us right now are here in this room and not doing something else impacts whatever happens next. You know, like the fact that you didn't get into, you're not driving right now means that you're not doing, maybe you missed an accident that you could have been in, which would have shaped the rest of your life. You know, something, all these different things deviate our plan in different directions. Meanwhile, like I personally love the way I quote unquote ended up and I say mm-hmm. ended up, we're never ended up anywhere. You know, we're still on the journey, but I can't imagine life any other way with it's good and it's bad. And so when I think back to these moments that I thought were going to be so devastating, they ended up reshaping my life into the perfect way that it is. And not to say that it's perfect. That's not what I mean, but it is what it is. And it's not any other way is what um, a dear friend of mine who passed away used to say. Mm. And it's a really good grasp on reality. So that was a really long question, but I'd like to share (laughs) things to reshape the way we think about failures and setbacks yeah. because there's a person on the planet that doesn't have them. It's kind of the opposite of social media really is, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite of the highlight reel. It's the the raw real stuff that's actually getting you where you need to go. All of that kind of, I don't want to say pain and suffering, but all of the wrenches and the gears along the way. Yeah. And Instagram, in- interestingly enough, somebody brought this to my attention because I haven't really changed too much the way I've been sharing my story. It's always been vulnerable. It's never been, you know, here and there I'll have a post prepared, but for the most part, it comes from that very moment and that thought process. You know, meanwhile, I know that most people who curate really pretty photos have content calendars and basically they're copying and pasting their captions with their photo. You know, they're just planned out where mine has never been like that. And that's what strikes with my audience. Like if I plan something ahead of time, it just like, even if it's the same thought, if I don't put it out into the universe when my body is telling me to, or my mind, it falls flat. But anyway, somebody brought to my attention that it's trendy now to be real. Oh, But what that means is you're not actually getting real. You're Mm. getting... You're getting, I'm trying to be real for engagement, which is very different than trying, than just being real, which I am an intuitive person. And I think that most people are intuitive and you can feel it, but not everybody feels it. And it kind of stinks, but... (laughs) I know exactly what you're saying. And this is the reason why 
you know, for example, going back to your speech at the Good Fest, you like got emotional on stage. And the thing that is so apparent with your Instagram or when I hear you speak or if I listen to you on a podcast is you're very much speaking from the heart and people can sense absolutely when it's something that's coming very intuitively and very honestly. Or like you said, you'll go to someone's Instagram and they're, they're venting about whatever. They're coming at you with real talk. But you're also like, yeah. but you're also coming at with me with real talk because you want it. Just for yes, the sake exactly. of having real you talk. You want that to be the angle to, to bring in the audience. And people are way smarter than that. And that's why I think that you have such a great connection with your audience and, and the people that you're trying to service because people know it's coming from a true and honest place. And that's something to remember for everybody in this line of work, I think. It's like, it's not about getting the numbers, you know? It's not about... And we all want that. We all want engagement. But it's more about your message and who you're trying to reach. And yeah. the people will come to you that are meant to come to you. Mm-hmm. It, and more importantly, they'll stay with you. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the past couple of months or a year or so, I've really um, realized. Um, and I think that I love going on, on podcasts like this because we can you know, really help people think about Instagram differently because, of course, everybody wants to grow. But there's a very big difference between having a huge following and having... Quality uh, followers. Yeah. Influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't like the word influence, influencer, but if you really think about it, when I say influence and I talk about my audience, I mean that they trust me. Yeah. And having your audience's trust, even if it's a smaller audience, is way more important, not just for your brand and for feeling good, but also for business. If you do want to work with brands, I see people, I know at right now I have like 70 something thousand followers. I know that I have a more influence. And again, I don't mean that in a negative way that the word kind of lends itself. I know that my audience really trusts me more than some people I see that have 100 or 200 K, you know? So it just, and, and so also what I stopped doing is like, I do want to grow, right? We all want to grow. I'm not going to lie and pretend like I don't care. I care. It's your but... business, you know. We all we all care about that aspect as it as being business owners, of course. And our messages, our messages are good messages. We want to reach more people, of course. Mm-hmm. But when you stop trying to grow and you just focus on fostering what exists, you actually end up finding that Instagram sustainable. So when I used to view it as something that I need to be growing all the time. I need to be commenting on these people's things. I need to whatever, as opposed to let me spend all of my time actually, you know, respond. I put a lot into my captions. And so people put a lot back into my captions. I, you know, it's not just like, yum, go girl. You know, like people are really telling me a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of me being like, you know, just a heart back for the most part, I try and really hear them and listen and give that back. And the same with, DMs. So obviously my my numbers won't grow as fast, but I'd rather have good retention than I guess a bigger number. And I just don't care about that as much, right? Because I'm not gonna lie and say I don't care. That would yeah. be um a lie. <laughs> you know, and we all have feelings of being scared of being irrelevant. And yeah, I've seen people enter this space. Who does who deserve growth, but grow infinitely fast? And you know, I don't know that I think it works for some people. It just doesn't work for me because, 
like it takes a lot to read everything I'm saying. So I can't expect that everybody's going to want to do that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I love that point so much. And actually I was listening to your interview with Sam and I think this is where you said, you notice that the things that you post like really intuitively get the most response and the things that you pre-plan don't. And it's because of like whatever the energy is of that day. Like everybody seems to be relating to the same message. And it's interesting because the same thing is happening right now with this concept. So I am in San Diego right now with my friend Caitlin, who's also a health coach. And we were just having this conversation moments before starting this podcast about like the growth of your Instagram and like how you reach your audience. And we were both saying like, you know, the numbers don't matter. It's about who you're connecting with and putting out that message that is super honest. And then here we are having this conversation at the exact same time. And I feel like that's just the universe reminding me and also me, you and me and Liz have this conversation too about finding your shine and growing the podcast in our conference. It's all about like putting out heart-centered content that you're passionate about and it'll it'll grow as it should, you know? And we don't have to worry about liking this and like, oh, that looks so yummy. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about when people comment and they're like, looks good, girl. Totally love that vibe, Uh, you know? And it means nothing. Right, Right. I know. And then there's some girls that like, I really love and they, I can just tell and they're really nice. And they, I know they're trying to support me by just like, like writing back something like on every single thing that I do, but I can tell they don't read the comment. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I almost just like... (laughs) I appreciate your support, but like get off your phone for one minute moment and just go live. Cause it's, it's a growth strategy. And I just, you know, when you've been in this industry for so long, like you just know the ins and outs of like why and how people do things. What's genuine. Did they read the caption? And I'm not saying that everybody has to read my caption. Don't get me wrong. If you follow me, I write a lot. You don't have to spend all your time (laughs) reading my captions, but like, I don't even want like, I don't want like the pity comment back because I'm going into those comments ready to meet my audience with like my heart. And then I just see that they didn't read it. And I'm just like, oh, bummer, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about your... So you talked about how initially for the Good Fest, like your Mm -hmm. instinct was to talk about food freedom. Um, And I'm curious about your journey with food freedom and like, what would you say? I mean, obviously you can't give the presentation that never was because like we don't have that much time, but like, what are some of the things that you feel like people really need to know about that issue? Okay, cool. Yeah. So my, I'm a registered dietitian and like my, what I get paid to do type of work is um, working with people to help them find food, food freedom and learn to listen to their body. So my own story is, you know, it's actually kind of funny because I was talking to my operations manager yesterday and we were talking a little bit about mental health. And she was like, oh, is that back in your disordered days? And I was like, no, well, when I was disordered, I didn't know I was disordered. So the type of clients that I serve are basically people that are like me. But back when I was going through weird food stuff, it was very black and white. Like you either had a Mm. disorder or you didn't. And I didn't have an eating disorder in terms of anorexia or bulimia, but I was very, um, I was obsessed with thinking about food. The thought of food was always on my mind. I was very, um, I was obsessed with what I could and couldn't eat. And it was Mm. all under this guise of health. So now it's pretty cool because we're talking a lot about, like the word disordered eating didn't exist. And, and it wasn't even, you know, the orthorexia is a word that we know now, which if you're listening and you've never heard of it, just means that you are really consumed and unable to function 
unless food, healthy food is in your like complete control. Um, but and yeah. these words didn't exist. So when you don't have a diagnosis to relate to, you're just sort of fine. Mm-hmm. So back in my disordered days, I didn't know I was disordered. It was, you know, I had a wake up call at some point, but I've now realized that being healthy, eating healthy is not just, isn't always right. Like the green smoothie or the celery juice right now or whatever. It's being the trend. Yeah. Right. It's being able to listen to (laughs) this. This podcast is going to be dated from whenever we, (laughs) whenever it goes live, people are going to know it's tomato juice. (laughs) To me, celery juice was so 2019. (laughs) You know that it was between 2018 and 2019. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, knowing the most important thing is listening to your body. And the really crux of it all is when you start to do that, life gets easier and you get to step into your true power, which... Food doesn't have to be non-existent in because we have to eat. Lots of us love food. But when we make space in our mind, we realize that there's so much more to our reason for being put on this earth. It's We're not just the healthy girl or the skinny girl or the fit girl yeah. or the paleo girl or like whatever you know it is. Those words didn't exist when I was in my days either. Now being disordered can look very different. But yeah, I help people find freedom around food to ultimately step in their power. And I do that using a modern mindful eating approach. So yeah. I feel like that's something that... Going back to what you said even earlier about your struggles and all the things you went through bring you to where you are today. Yeah. It's like when I started all of this work, I came to it from like a really controlling place. Like I wasn't happy with my anxiety. I had so much anxiety. I had so many hormone issues. Like it really was affecting my life. So what I did was I started controlling food and I started controlling what I put into my body and like I felt better. But then that became kind of what you said. Like I was obsessed with making sure I didn't eat this and I didn't eat this. And like when I would go somewhere, um, I had to have certain things or else like I would just feel super out of control and fearful that I was going to like fall back into my feelings of anxiety and all the issues that I was going through. And I actually had this issue um, like two weeks ago. I was at a restaurant and I was eating with my husband and all of his employees were there and we were having pizza. And I was like, oh my gosh, like if I eat this pizza, my face is going to break out. What if I feel really terrible? And I caught myself going back to it. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so now I have all these tools, like you were mentioning to know, like I'm going to eat this pizza right now from a place that feels really good to me and in a place of like celebrating and I'm choosing to do this. And I learned all of this from the struggles that I went through. And now this is like something I can help empower others with. And I think you have a really good point that's important to mention that a lot of people don't know or they're not aware of. Because, you know, with my struggles, it was really about like this fear of of gaining weight, which Mm -hmm. was a made up thing in my mind because I never even, you know, I, I was always skinny, like by that standard, the word skinny, I always was. But I had this fear of gaining weight. But now... A lot of the clients that I work with or the girls that I see, especially, you know, in the young 20 range are having these restrictive rules around food and struggling, but not necessarily because of weight. It could be because of their gut issues, their hormones, their skin. That's me. Right. Their skin, their, you know, their doctors told them that they need to be on an anti-inflammatory protocol. But, you know, that doesn't make it less okay. It just makes it less harder to, to identify that that's 
a problem. So I think that if anybody listening like resonates with what you said, I think that's a really important point that, um, that whatever, you know, if it's causing you stress, it's not, it's not healthy anymore. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And Liz, like, is not even, you know, sorry to cut you off and then I'll let you. No, you're fine. But it's the things that are actually causing the breakouts, the GI issues, even the weight gain, let's call it, isn't the actual slice of pizza. It's your body reacting in that moment of stress is really shifting the way you're metabolizing that food and the way you metabolize food going further. So when your cortisol is high, your body isn't like, I'm going to digest this food. It's going to sort of freak out. So Fight or flight. It's like, I can't digest when it's stress. Rest or digest. You you know, rest and digest or fight or flight. You only have those two modes. No, it's true. It's it's really true. And you don't realize all this, the really small but huge hormonal shifts that occur when fight or flight. Like, so being able to calm yourself down exactly like you did is a huge self-soothing tool and skill that, you know, you are able to implement. That's cool. It took a while for me to get there. I remember me and Liz used to have this conversation all the time too. Like Liz, I feel like yours was very same as Lisa's like body body focused. Like mm-hmm. I'm afraid to eat because of calories or I'm yeah, afraid to eat was, because of weight gain. I had been at various points. Like I look back at pictures on me. My time hop is hilarious because it's like, <laughs> what weight was I? <laughs> like the years are like, there's 10 different weights over 10 different mm-hmm. years. Right. So it's, I mean, mine was definitely like, coming from a place of I've been heavy and I've lost and oh look now more people are like nicer to me and mm. I I seem to be living a better life when I'm thinner so yeah. how can I like prevent going back totally so, yeah. that's beyond normal and something we see a lot because society doesn't know how to talk appropriately to somebody when they lose weight oh my god you look so good yes what did you do you know, and it's this really toxic conversation that, you know, I really don't surround myself with a lot of like, quote unquote, triggering people. And it's half Mm -hmm. intentionally, half not. But when I speak to my clients, I realize how hard everybody has it with toxic groups of friends and in-laws. And I don't mean toxic, like they're bad people. I just mean toxic people don't know better. So Mm -hmm. they don't realize that like the things they're saying are contributing to these structures that you're creating in your mind, like, right. So like, are you now more worthy because you're skinny and people are paying attention to you? And oh, it's it's so hard though, because it's hard to not care. And I even think about, you know, going home every time I go home, um, I feel like my family is very much, my mom will be like, oh, I've gained some weight or like I got sick and I lost all this weight or my grandma, even like my grandma's like this 84 year old Italian woman. And she'll be like, oh, Nina, you look so good. Have you lost weight? And so it's like, ah, I can stop putting this into my brain. And yeah. and you realize that if you know, like I feel like all three of us know intuitively, like at our core, that doesn't matter. But when you're always bombarded with yeah. the messages right. from family, friends, like mm-hmm. advertising TV, yeah. it's hard to not ab- absorb all of that. Of course. And I think that it, yeah, especially if it's like family or friends, people that you really like, your mom, your grandma, um, really being able to like keep your blinders on or just like watch information come in and bounce off your brain, like not absorb it. It's hard because like you're not going to change your Italian grandma. You're probably right. going to change your <laughs> thoughts on weight loss. Yeah. Like you can't, we can only, you know, have an impact, I think, on future generations, not really past for the most part. Or I don't, I don't know if that's exactly true, right? But 
we have to sort of accept that we can't change our grandmothers or mothers and be able to hear this information and not let it, you know, poison our minds. And I was going to say, I think the thing is, I have to, and I have to remind myself, I think we have to accept that if somebody doesn't want to change, then that's okay. You know, like if they don't want to change, that doesn't need to affect the way that I'm going to move forward in life. And if you're having a conversation with someone and it sounds like they're interested, then yeah, like dive deeper. But just because somebody else isn't ready or not there um, doesn't mean that you're you're wrong for believing the new philosophies that you're believing around food and diet. No, and it's really hard to take in new information. Like if Mm -hmm. if you've been told that, you know, I'm hosting a free webinar next week on uh, calories in versus calories out, and I'm going to like debunk why that's a really dated method and it's oversimplified. But if I love that, if that's something that you believe to your core, you're going to dismiss any information that doesn't fit that paradigm. Yep. And we all do that. Like, it's really hard for us to break the paradigms that we believe to be true because then it's like, what, what is true? You know, and that's scary for a lot of people to, to open their mind in that way. Or I think a lot of times it's like, we'll have these new shifts. Like we might become exposed to a more intuitive way of eating or something along those lines. But when, and that's something we're practicing when things are going really well for us. Uh-huh. But then I feel like as soon as stuff gets hard yeah. or, you know, we have stress or whatever pop up, we go back to that default Control. of relying on the same messages or the same, you know, let's say it's calories in or calories yeah. out. Like well, I've had that where I'm like, oh, I should just get back on my fitness pal. <laughs> like, because because it has, like, you can't argue the fact that somebody will say, I, I lost weight. I yeah. lost weight when I restricted calories and I worked out more. Right. And you'll say, yeah, you you did. But was it sustainable? Right. And also, was it good for your body to do it that way? Right. And, you know, there's this thing I call the diet cycle, which I wish I could like throw a picture up right now, but I can't. <laughs> but like to your point, um, when something bad happens or not necessarily bad, when we're stressed at work, when things start to feel out of our control, we as humans are desperate to feel in control. The truth is we're not in control of anything. And as soon as we recognize that, you know how I started this, like it is what it is and it isn't what it isn't. As soon as we just realize that we actually have no control, Mm -hmm. actually the less suffering we go through. And like the back to the main point is like, when you feel like something's out of control, you're grasping for straws. And so it's, it's normal to reach for that one thing you can control. So back to right. my fitness plan, I know that I can do that, you know, until you can't. But the mind doesn't isn't letting you think about the future. It's so desperate to find safety. This is going to be okay. Yes. I need to get back on track. If I just lose those five pounds, then I'll be yep. baseline and I'll go back to intuitive eating. You know, I just need to be good 80% of the time. Whatever these stories we tell ourselves to just feel safe in that moment. And the mind just wants to keep us safe. And sometimes it does that without realizing long-term consequences. So Right. And sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, just getting yourself back to baseline. You know, like you were talking about that positive self-talk you used around pizza. Always, you know, breathing and bringing back to baseline allows you to be a much more critical long-term consequence evaluator. (laughs) You know, and then I ate the pizza and I felt fine. Like that's the funny thing about it. You survived the pizza. I survived the pizza. And I like, 
I wouldn't have known that though, if I hadn't been in this line of work, which is, which is why I think it's so important, like the message you're sharing and all, and because you just, you don't know what you don't know. And so I was able to bounce back quicker only because it's something that I've been working on for years to remind myself, Oh, I see this old pattern. I know where it's coming from. And let's remember like you're nourishing yourself from a different place today. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like pizza is bad. And you know, or pizza is good. It doesn't have to be that anymore. Nope, it really doesn't. And most of my clients, which I think is like really cool when they go on vacation, for example, and especially if it's somewhere where they have the least control. So abroad, usually, you know, if they go to yes. Europe. I still have anxiety about that, actually. See, I'm still working on it. I st- I'm traveling and I still, I notice my anxiety gets worse when I'm traveling because it's like control, control. What am I going to eat? But instead of like thinking of like, I, I still do like, you're, there's ne- maybe there'll never be a point where you just go on vacation thoughtlessly. Maybe there will. But maybe yeah, it's, not. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's just a journey. So it's not like never thinking, try not to think about it as like, I'm still working on it. Just like, you're mm. working on it. That's it. Like not still, you're just working on it. There's no time. I love that. But my, these clients that I work with, they see their success come out when they go on vacation and they're eating whatever, gelato and pasta and all these foods that like they wouldn't normally have. And not only are they fine, but they come back either haven't gained weight or they lost weight. And Mm -hmm. like totally defies everything that they thought they knew, but it's amazing. And it's simply because they're not overthinking it. They're they're relaxed and they're in the present and they're just going with what feels good. Yeah. And sometimes that means not having gelato, but not having gelato because they had gelato the day before and they feel satisfied. Like it just, this, this beautiful shift happens that obviously I wish I knew about when I was younger because the rules were, you need to have rules. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, or everything falls off track. If you don't have the rules, it'll be like complete chaos. Yeah. No. And you believe it. So it's just, Life is, you know, your body knows. And I think that most people fear that um, if I let my, if I listen to my body, you know, I'll just have chocolate ganache and tacos and guacamole and all the, whatever it is. I'm just making up random things or pizza, these you know, whatever, great. whatever your bad food is. What'd you say? So these she all sound all great. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it all sounds great. But the truth is, and I know I sound a little dietitian and crazy here, is like the body craves good stuff. And I don't mean good, bad. I just mean it craves nourishment. Mm -hmm. And when you're listening to your body, more oftentimes than not, it's going to lead you in the right direction. And that gives you the ability to have pizza when you're out with your friends, because that's food for the soul. Or maybe you are, whatever it is. But it just, I know I sound dietitian to say that like your body craves, you know, kale, but I truly believe that no, I love it. Yeah, I love like I'm obsessed with kale, and I, I that's that's just <laughs> my body wants me to eat kale every day. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> like when I like my dad lives in Oklahoma, and I like I love his cooking. It r- reminds me of so many good memories. But it is all like the food is all brown. It is all fried. <laughs> it all has a stick of butter in it. Mm-hmm. And like when I go visit him, like a few, like literally, like a couple days of that, I'm like bowl of broccoli, please. Yeah. Like an yeah. entire kale salad. Yes. Thank you. Right. <laughs> like it was it, great for when you had it, but then your body's right. like, I need something else. Like I need some nutrients. Nourishing. And it's not like, yeah. oh, I need to go on a diet on Monday because I had that. It's my body actually is asking me for broccoli. Yes. Like, exactly. Yes. It's just really such cool. a good point. It's cool. 
So uh, I know that you have to run because you have a meeting and I want to say, I would love... So another topic that we like almost got into that I would love to pick your brain about sometime is just your mental health journey and how open and honest you are about that. I know we almost touched on anxiety, but just for our listeners who are into this, if that is... That's another um, reason I resonate with you so much. So if you guys are interested in finding more about Lisa and her journey on intuitive eating and what she does and mental health and all of that. Where can they find you and learn more? Um, well, my my email is always open. So Lisa at thewellnecessities.com. Um, the Well Necessities, which is pretty hard to spell, but hopefully it'll be in the show notes, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you can go to my website, my Instagram, my Instagram. And um, I have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to really make sure that I talk about mental health consistency consistently just mm-hmm. that I don't plan my content but what that ends up happening is then I just talk about mental health from time to time and I want to make sure that um I am opening up that conversation because um from what I've learned online is that like I said I know there's a need there's a need it's trendy but it's still trendy in a specific light um mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, it's it's definitely, you know, nutrition is what I was put on earth to do or help people fix their relationship to food. But my passion lies in talking about mental health and difficult topics. So, And it's all related to when oh, it comes yeah. to the way you view food. And that's why I said, I feel like we kind of touched on that anyway, because it all boils down to like control and safety and feeling, yeah. you, know, you know, like good and connected and where you are in your body and all of that stuff. So... I love that. And I mean, maybe we'll have a conversation yeah. again on this topic later. Yeah. Part two in the future. Part but thank you so, so much for coming on today episode. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you to Lisa for coming on and talking to us all about anxiety and food freedom and all of these wonderful things. I know there's lots that we can take into our everyday lives to just be a little nicer to ourselves, freer in our living. Um, We really appreciate you coming on the show. Check her out if you're interested at thewellnecessities.com or on Instagram at thewellnecessities. We'll have all of our information in the show notes. A reminder, again, that we are also on Instagram at Finding Your Shine Podcast and would love to connect with you there. And as Nina mentioned in the beginning, if you're either interested in starting your own wellness podcast and you're brand new to this space and you're like, how do I do this? Or you're a pro and you're like, I got to grow this. We have the event for you. So we really encourage you to go to empoweredvoicepodcast.com, learn more. And in the meantime, between now and September, we'll be putting out more and more content that we hope you love. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's all we have for you this week, but catch us next Monday for a new and inspiring guest.